Good evening, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this weekend interview with your host, Anthony Drago. Uh, you may be listening to me on tdnradio.net, or you could join us live on tdntv.net. We're also doing Facebook Live on TDN Radio's Facebook page or this weekend interview Facebook page. But however you're listening to us, welcome. It's always a pleasure to spend company with you on a Wednesday night. I know there's a lot of issues, a lot of stuff that are on your schedule, so I really appreciate that you make the effort to make this weekend interview part of your weekly schedule. And if tonight is the first time that you're listening to this weekend interview, welcome. My intention, my objective is to make you also be a regular listener to this weekend interview. Tonight, I have a very special guest in, on tap for, for our program tonight. I will tell you who it is after the break, um, but I, I know that we're in for a real treat. And it, it's on a topic that is important to everybody. We, we are talking tonight about finances. And even if you have more money than you know what to do with, I think this will be the perfect show for you. And if you're still trying to figure out um, where then you misplaced your millions of dollars, this is the show for you. And if you're just starting off and you're going to get to your first job, this is also the show for you because uh, we are starting at TDN, we're starting what we call our financial education series. And tonight is the first installment for that. So I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, those of you listening in Dominica on RVR Jam, Digiplay Channel 59, very special welcome to you. So listeners, I'm not going to take up too much time with the intro because we have so much to talk about. I'm going to go directly to Mikael Henderson doing the tariff command time. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by my special guest. And we're also going to be talking finances, money, moolah. We'll also learn a new word for money. I can guarantee, I bet you've never heard that word before. Um, if you have, you, you put it in the chat, let me know, and you may get a special prize. But um, let's go to Mikael and um, it's our command center. From many distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Through battles waged and fought and pain by test of their courage our freedom was gained in homage to those gone before us the heroes of lands in the sun we vow to join hands and to focus on building one Caribbean raise your voice
All right, welcome back. Um, every every week I play the CARICOM anthem um, because I just believe in our heritage as Caribbean people. Um, secondary only to my belief that I am African. I believe that all Black people are Africans. They're just Africans who live on the continent and Africans who live in the diaspora. Um, but yeah, I, I, I identify with the CARICOM heritage and I think the aspiration of the Caribbean islands moving forward in some form of political slash economic um, cooperation would, would definitely contribute towards making the life of Caribbean people so much better, improving the quality of life. But tonight we are talking financing and I have a very special guest tonight um, her by the name of Courtney, Miss Courtney Drago is my guest tonight on on this week's interview and she she launched recently a podcast about money about finances and so i thought that she would be the perfect guest um tonight so Courtney, first of all a very warm welcome to this week's interview the mic is muted oh it is yes there you go yeah. thank you so much for having me happy to be here of course it's always a pleasure. I think this is your third time on this weekend interview. Um, I think that's right. We, yeah, we had you um, on with Sir Brian Allen and, and, and then one one other time. But but tonight we're going to be talking money. Yes. And financing personal money, you know, family money, um, and all of that. So listeners, this is what it is. We've decided that we're going to do uh, an education series, a financial education series, because because as you know, um, when we started this weekend interview, we had a strong emphasis on health, physical health. I don't know if you remember that um, we used to have this Rosalind Carbon, who used to be helping us interviewing um, doctors and nurses people in specialty in health. Because, of course, the most important thing is health. It doesn't matter what else you have. If you don't have health, you can't enjoy it. So by a similar thought, if you have health, but you don't have money or you don't have access to things, what can you really do with that health? Um, maybe it even makes it worse because there's all of these capabilities that you have and you cannot realize it because you don't have the means. And so, therefore, very close to physical and body health has to be financial health. And so, so we decided that we would launch uh, a financial education series. And, and, and what is the objective? The objective is, is simple, to, to get you, the listener, to think about your money in, 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 a, in a more deliberate fashion. So beyond just going to work and get a paycheck and pay your bills, pay your mortgage, pay lights, whatever it is, um, how do you use that money, and 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 what are you going to do? Say, if tomorrow you get in an accident and you're not able to work for six months, um, how how are you going to deal with that? As your kids get older and you have to pay for college, as you approach retirement age and we live to be longer, do you have money that's going to take you to the end of your life after you can no longer work? Um, nowadays, in the information age, we see so many things around the world. You, would you like to experience some of those things in person? Can we put up the, um, the, the, the um, list of things that we will be looking at? Um, but so 
what what we what we would do is that we would we would say um how do you set targets financial targets how do you set financial targets um and if you if you achieve those financial targets what would it mean to you would your kids be able to go to a different school would you be able to take a vacation every year would you be able to whatever it is that's important to you i'm saying that you need money to be able to finance it and when you make that plan what makes you stick to that plan and of course you should be in control but you can only be in control if you have the knowledge and the education so programs like what we're doing now will encourage you to go find the information but uh, and so you can tailor your plan to fit your needs instead of just giving it to somebody to manage for you and then the person loses it or just leave it in a bank is there a better way to deal with your money than a bank so miss miss drago cutney drago um started a, a podcast dealing with some of those same issues and she had a, a series of um she's had a series of episodes so far i will i will give you an idea of some of the topics um that she has um handled on the blog um saving for college or grad school a quick guide to increase your credit score um health savings account uh how to, a different type of budget you know how uh, some of the things in the news she deal, she, deal, she deals with um and so on so i thought it was perfect to to have her on as as our first guest tonight so Courtney, i'm going to give you the opportunity right now to just introduce yourself to the audience because we've picked up quite a few listeners since you've last been on and give a little background of, of who you are um the fact that you have a a, a, a podcast about money is, is it that you are you're a professional money manager or, or you know whatever just introduce yourself to folks and then we're going to start we're going to talk about your podcast Hi everyone. My name is Courtney Drago, as mentioned. Um, happy to be here. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I am the host of the Spondulix podcast, and it is a podcast about money. And I very much am not a financial expert, and in fact, that is part of why I started the podcast. And we'll probably get into that a little bit as we get into the discussion. Um, but I'm in my twenties, and you know, working, and all of these new responsibilities, and trying to figure out what exactly are the smartest moves to make with my money? What are the best ways to use it, to save it, to invest it? And I started to see that there were certain people in society who had this knowledge and certain people who did not. Um, and I very much wanted to be in the group of people who had this knowledge. And then I wanted all of the people around me to also have this knowledge. Um, so I started this podcast because I want to share what I'm learning. I'm learning as I go, and I very much want other people to come along on this journey. Um, so I started the Spondulix podcast. And this is a podcast that you can listen to anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, I believe the link is in the flyer or you just search Spondulix. But yeah, we talk money. And of course, everyone watching tonight is welcome to come along and to listen along. So that's your other background. You say that you, you are not a financial um, person. Mm -hmm. you, and that is not, not, you don't do that for a living. You don't, you don't manage people's money for a living. I do not. You just, you're just trying to learn to manage your own money. And so let's talk a, a more about, about the um, podcast what 
your motivation and what is your objective uh, okay. for that podcast. So one thing that stands out to me is I remember starting a new job in 2018 and hearing people talk about high yield savings accounts and not knowing what a high yield savings account was and realizing that this was a type of savings account that gave people a higher return on their money. And at that time it was returning over 2%. And here I was with my like very regular bank account that returned something like 0.01%. And so I kept wondering, what was this thing that people are talking about and why have I never heard of it? And I looked more into it, discovered what it was, um, an open one for myself. And then I started telling all of my friends and my family members because that also was not something that they learned about. Um, and there are a lot of things like that. It's not just high yield savings accounts. There are a lot of things that because of the financial background we're coming from, because I'm an immigrant to the United States. So some of these things we didn't have back home, they didn't exist. So we still have never heard of them. Also as just minority people in this country, we're coming from a different socioeconomic background. Um, so all of this information is out there, but it's not always accessible. And it's not necessarily things we hear about in our communities. And so because I get to sometimes toggle between these worlds and hear from other people who know a little more, and because I'm extremely curious about it, I'm picking up little pieces and I want to share all of those little pieces because I want us all to know, right? I want us to know how to manage our money. I want us to know like, what are their secrets? What are like people with a lot of money? I'm not one of those people, hopefully one day, but people with a lot of money, what are they doing with it? Um, so yeah, that's the objective. Okay, so, uh, and, and I guess, what we should say is thank you for bringing us along. Yeah. So what you what you what you learn you share, uh, and that's the whole idea is that if you can if you can grow, and you can grow the people around you, then it, in return it enhances your own your own experience around money. Right. It, it's extremely interesting that you say that. Um, what spurred you on is because you realized that there was certain information that was available in certain circles that you didn't necessarily know about until you saw that and you're like, well, how do I get that knowledge? And, and the fact is that you have to go do the research for yourself says that there's a void in terms of how we, how we are educated and, and how we receive knowledge. Yes. Like, it's true that this isn't taught in high school. It's not taught in college. I'm an attorney, so I also went to law school. <laughs> it wasn't taught there. Um, we're not. It's not showing up in our everyday life or in our everyday curriculum, right? Um, and even when people hear something and they go look it up, it's not always in the simplest, most digestible form. Um, and so that's part of what I'm trying to do on the podcast as well. Take information that might be a little more complex or might require digging and digging and deep and digging doing some of that digging and attempting to simplify it for my audience right because that is how i guess the folks that you find out to have that information that may be how they have gotten it um by being around people who have the information absolutely like dinner tables right networking right. co like their world is a little different right um they hear about things that are just different they talk about things that are a little different because the exposure is different. That's for sure. So, so I don't, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot. Um, if I ask you, in terms of the things that you've been learning, 
what what were one or two of the things that you learned and you went, oh wow. That I know you spoke about the difference in interest rates that you get on your savings, but um, are there other examples of when you had those kind of moments? There are. So um, I recently learned something about capital gains tax that was very curious in that um, if you're within a certain tax bracket, your capital gains tax is 0%. Um, if you made that money entirely from like W-2 work, your tax would be very much different than if you're pulling just from capital gains. Um, and that one is like a little more complex and something that I will address on the podcast. But even more simply, something like health savings accounts. It turns out that a lot of people are offered health savings accounts with their health insurance plans. Um, and sometimes people choose it, sometimes they don't because they don't quite understand it. But when they do, they don't invest the money. But you're able to invest the money in your health savings account just like you're able to invest the money in your 401k or your Roth IRA. So just like you can invest the money in your retirement fund, you can also invest all of or some of the money in your HSA and allow that to grow as well. And I think something like only 4% of people with health savings accounts invest that money. And I think that's because a lot of people don't realize that that's something they can do. Right. So, I mean, I'm listening to you talk and... I mean, you could have fooled me and, and say that you you are a, a professional financial person because we talk about capital gains, we talk about W-2 earnings, we talk about HSA. And so um, just spend a couple of minutes and explain what is, what is capital gains, okay? Explain what is W-2. And uh, I, I know you said what is HSA, but maybe you can a little more um, details on what is the HSA. Okay, so I'll take it piece by piece. We can start with capital gains, then we can talk about W-2s, um, and then we can talk about HSA, okay? Right. So the capital mm -hmm. gains would be when your money is invested in the stock market, your capital gains will be the profit that you make. So say you invest $50 in the stock market over um, 10 years, and that $50 grows by 10%, so you make 5%, you make 5 dollars on that money that five dollars is your capital gains um and in most accounts they won't tax you on the amount that you put in because if you put it in after taxes you've already paid taxes on it so that fifty dollars was already taxed way before you put it in that investment account but that five dollars is normally subject to tax well it turns out that if you're in a tax bracket where you make somewhat less than eighty thousand dollars right um that that $5 is taxed 0%. And we're talking really small numbers here, but imagine if you had invested $1,000 or even more than that, and the market tends to grow between six to eight, some people say eight to 10% um, over time, uh, and you have more money, that means you have an even more significant amount of capital gains. Well, if you're in a particular tax bracket, um, you can be taxed 0% of that. And even up from that tax bracket, if you make between 80,000 and I believe it's $440,000 in capital gains, that's only taxed at 15%. Now, if W-2 income is the income that you earn um, working for you know, a business, working for- no job, yeah. Right, so it's the, the income that we're used to. So it's not money that you've made in the stock market. It's not the profit on your investment. This is like, I work and this is the money that I earn. Now, if you were to make $440,000 from purely W-2 income, 
you would be taxed much more than 15% on that money. Um, yeah, somewhere, so around, somewhere around 29%. Something like that, right? Like it's a graduated rate. So, mm -hmm. you know, we can't say exactly, but you would be taxed somewhere around 30 something percent. Um, so you can see that if you're able to make that money in capital gains, um, your tax rate is purely is so different and you would be saving a lot, right? Making that from capital gains as opposed to making that from W-2 income. Um, and a health savings account or HSA is simply an investment account or an account for um, saving for healthcare. So it comes with a high deductible health um, insurance plan and the money comes out of your pay before taxes. Um, and each year there's a certain amount that you can contribute. It's less if you are an individual versus family. There's a certain amount that the government sets every year. That money, you can tell them how much you want to allocate to it every month or each year. That money goes out before taxes. So it's in the account. Once it's in the account, you can take that money and invest it, right? You can invest a portion of it. You can invest all of it. Now, this money, once it's in the health savings account, remember it went in before taxes. If you spend it on um, qualified medical expenses, so if you spend it on glasses, if you spend it on your copay, if you spend it on the dentist, right? Health, qualified health um, cost, you, you are also able to spend it tax-free. So the money goes in tax-free, you're able to spend it tax-free. Now I've said that you're able to invest that money. So say you take that money, you invest it, and it grows. We talked about capital gains, we talked about profit on your investment. You invest the money, it grows. The growth on that money can also be spent also on glasses, co-pays, doctor's visits, all kinds of things related to health, right, without being taxed. So the money goes in tax-free, it grows tax-free and then it's spent tax-free. And that is a triple tax benefit. Right. So awesome. One of the viewers, um, I guess she she heard when you spoke about the high, the high yield um, savings account. So she says, if you have a thousand and you want to open a savings account, which if interest rate, where do you open that account? Okay. So that account is called... Um, a high yield savings account. And there are various places. Right now, the rates are lower. So right now, because of the pandemic and all of that, the rates are around 0.05%, which is still significantly more than we get from our regular banks. You would get that at an online bank. So for example, Goldman Sachs has a bank called Marcus. Um, it's their online bank. And the reason they're able to offer a higher rate, a higher return on your money is because it is an online bank. So this isn't a bank that you can walk to. This isn't a bank with an ATM, it's online. So you're able to transfer money from your regular bank account online to this bank account pretty easily. Like it takes a couple of minutes to just sign on and transfer the money. But yeah, that's where Goldman Sachs has one. There are a couple of banks that have one and the rates change. So I think it's worth it to sort of figure out um, which one has the highest rate at the moment and invest there. But I would look at fees. So when I open my account, it costs nothing, zero fees. Um, a lot of them have zero minimum amounts. So as long as you're able to put in $1, you can open the account. So that's something to also look for, but your money would be growing. It's not, you know, 10%, it's not 20%, but 0.5% is much more or 0.05% is much more than the 0.1% we get regularly at the banks that we're used to. 
So, so essentially, so I heard you because on numbers before when you opened the ads, you were getting two percent, right? Compared to banks that were giving point one percent, right? So that is like two hundred times, right? It was point zero one percent at the regular bank, yeah. Right, so it's, like, it's something like two hundred percent, at least two hundred percent more than you make with your regular savings, significantly, significantly more. And, and, significantly more. Uh, so, and and of course, I will tell listeners that you actually have a podcast on that very topic um, or called on high yield savings account. If, right. you, if you check out Courtney's podcast on Spondulix. Yes. Um, it's episode you, one. It's called All About Spondulix. High Yield Savings Accounts. Yes. Right. So you can go there. If you do Instagram, you can find Spondulix on Instagram or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, you, you can just Google and search for it. And talking about Google, you can just go on um, and Google high yield savings account, and then yes. you come up and you can you can compare what 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 it is. And if, if you join me late, um, one second. If you join me late, I'm talking to Miss Courtney Drago, the host of the podcast Pondulix, um, and she talks money. She she's on a journey to become an expert at managing her own money, and she's sharing what she learned with people in her life um through the podcast so check out the podcast um if you look at the flyer on the screen um there, there's a link that you can copy on anchor fm cut dash drago or you can just search for it um on, it's called spondulix s-p-o-n-d-u-l-i-x spondulix uh we had about the hour so let's take a let's take a word from our sponsor okay and when we come back we will continue this conversation i want you to Talk to listeners a little bit about um, if you have some money, how do you split it between investing and having for emergency and, and so on? Um, you know, of course, caveat, we're not giving out financial advice. We're just, we're just talking about how we try to handle our own situation so that we prepared for the future as well as for the present. Um, so let's take a quick break and, when, and we'll be right back. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. 
when you feel a sneeze or a cough coming. <coughs> Covering your mouth prevents the spread of germs. You probably knew that. But the way you cover up also matters. And that means breaking a habit you've held near and dear all your life. Cover your nose and mouth with your flexed elbow or a tissue, not your hands. Discard the used tissue immediately. Then wash your hands. Help stop the spread of germs. Remember, your health is your responsibility. A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. Welcome back. Um, just to take care of your business, uh, as, as I've been doing every week, Deacon, Deacon Dental and Blue Will have is um, one of our sponsors of, of PDN Radio and of this week in interview. And if you, are from, if you are from Dominica, they have a standard policy that if the first time you come to their facility, um, if you are from Dominica, you get a free dental cleaning. And I took the liberty and the privilege to extend it that if you go to Google, um, Avenue in Dorchester, Massachusetts, and you, you tell them that you heard about um, Beacon Dental on this weekend interview, I tell them that um, I said that you also entitled to your free dental cleaning. Um, if, if they exist on page for you, I guess they will just put it on my tab. But um, welcome back. We, we're talking money. Uh, TVN Radio and this weekend interview has decided that we are launching a financial education series we, we think that next to physical health um should be financial health you we can argue that some people might say spiritual or whatever but i think next to your health if you have money you can do all of the other things and and so my guest tonight is miss courtney drago she is the the host of the podcast spondulate um i'm i'm directly going to ask her um how she can, what what does spondulate mean and what does it have to do with money but before I do that, I have a very special young man who is celebrating a birthday today, Mr. Caden, Caden Florent in Houston, Texas. It's five years, it's all of five years today. He is a Cinco de Mayo baby, fifth of the fifth month, and he's turning five today. So a very special shout out to, to Caden. And on those of you who celebrate um, Cinco de Mayo as well, uh, a very special day to you. Um, the 5th of, of May, celebrated particularly by folks of um, Hispanic and Latino heritage. Um, it's one of the, one of the, the, the celebrations at the map. So welcome back, uh, Courtney. Um, over the break, uh, before we even launch into how um, we, we should be thinking about what we, how we divide out, divvy up the little bit uh, of coins that we have, um, why, why spondulate? Why the name of your podcast is Spondulix? So Spondulix means money. It's a very old term for money, um, kind of a slang term for money. So today we might say, well, not today, maybe 10 years ago, we might have said dough. Um, so it's a way of saying dough, cash, money. Um, so literally it means money. And I invite everyone to come talk money with me. Um, so it was a very fitting name. Yes. So, listen, as I told you, you were going to learn a new word for, for money called spondulix. Uh, I, I, and I dared anybody who, um, who knew that to, to type it, you probably would have qualified for a special, a special prize. But um, I encourage you to go visit um, Courtney's podcast, 
uh, Spongelix, it's on Instagram, it's on, tell them everywhere which is called. Yeah, so Instagram is sort of just the page where I share when a new episode drops and little tidbits, little facts. Um, but the podcast yeah. itself can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. So basically, wherever people listen to podcasts, it can be online, it can be on an app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, type in Spondulix, Spondulix Podcast. There's a link going across the bottom, um, the anchor page that will take you to any platform that you want to listen to it on where it's available. Um, and you can click to find that. Okay. So I have a thousand dollars. And I'm thinking about well, thousand dollars representative to be more to be less. But I'm thinking that, um, well, I heard on TDN that we should be thinking more deliberately of what we do with our money and make a plan for our money. What is an example of how I should be thinking about um, allocating that money in terms of all the different needs that I may have for money, including currently as well as in the future? Right. So, of course, like we have bills, right? Um, and it's no use getting kicked out of your home um, because you didn't pay your rent because you put that money in an investment. So, of course, you want to take care of things like housing and food and your basic needs. But beyond that, something that we all need to think about is an emergency fund. And people have different numbers for this. Some people say you need to have three months of your um, costs save, saved or six months. I think that's a personal decision. If you think having three months of what you need to live saved is enough of an emergency fund, you think in three months, you would have figured it out, you would have gotten help from family, things like that, and that's a good number. So if you have something like $1,000 and you don't have an emergency fund, that might be the first place to put it because that is the money that if anything happens, like we're in a global pandemic right now, well, a pandemic, and many people lost their jobs and these things are unpredictable. So having an emergency fund allows you to just know, it allows you the peace of mind to know that if something comes up, I have something set away. Now, if you've covered your basic expenses and you also have an emergency fund, amazing. Um, something else you can think about is paying off high interest debt and also investing. And I think a lot of people believe that if they have high interest debt, they can't also invest. And I want to challenge us to sort of rethink that. Um, sometimes credit card debt can be crazy, right? Like if the interest rate on your credit card debt is 29%, then that is a big number and it's worth it to start paying that down. But it's also worth it to say, I'm, go I'm gonna pay that aggressively as you should, but I'm also going to put $50 towards an investment account. That way you're starting to invest today because a big thing with investing is very often the sooner you start, um, the more that you make in the long term. So even if you're only putting a small amount in an investment account um, while paying off your high interest debt, that's something to do. That's something to think about. So those are the basic like first steps I would tell someone that has $1,000. Think about making sure you're covering your basic needs. Um, think about an emergency fund and then think about high um, interest debt as well as investments. So your would your emergency fund be the same money that you have in a high yield um, savings account or would that be different? So I keep my emergency fund in a high yield savings account. And part of the reason for that is I don't have a debit card or a credit card associated with that account, right? So it's not money that 
I can easily swipe with. It's money that I have pretty easy access to if I need it very easy to go online, transfer it back to my regular account so that I have it. But it's not money that I walk around with plastic connected to. It's not money that I have a checkbook for. So that takes away some of the temptation to spend it. But on top of that, because it has a higher yield, it's making a little more money while it just sits there until I need it. And hopefully I never need it. So yes, I would put that in a high yield savings account. So your emergency fund high yield savings account. The, Investment. So one of the things that, um, especially since a lot of our audience is Caribbean, and one of the first things that Caribbean people try to do is to buy a house. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know if it's just Caribbean, but I know we're wired like that. Uh, we start to work, we want to buy a house. Um, some people uh, will um, extract money from, from the house, so if they owe $200,000 on the house, but the house is worth 300000 Sometimes they, they get advice from a financial advisor to refinance, take $50,000 out, and, and invest it somewhere else. From what you've learned, what are some of the... It's, it's because a lot of folks, because interest rates on mortgages are low now, a lot of folks are being faced with that type of proposed proposition. Yeah. Uh, have you seen some of that? Are you familiar with that? How, how should they be thinking? What what are the considerations that should go, whether they should go for something like that or not? What are some of the items they should be considering? So I think people have to think about their long-term plans, right? Because our financial goals should not be in a vacuum. They should not just be about this month or this year. I think you have to think about your long-term goals. So if you are planning to retire in 10 years, um, it might be useful to retire without a mortgage, right? It might be useful to not also have to think about a mortgage payment when you are living on retirement funds. So if pulling money out of your real estate or your home is going to extend the life of the loan in such a way that you will continue to owe on it long into retirement, then that might be something that you rethink, right? Um, but if this is instead a home that you bought many, many years ago, and it has the the um, it's worth a lot more than what you paid for it. And you're planning to sell or you have figured out how you are going to get an investment from it, how you're going to get money from it. Um, then that's a different kind of calculation. So I think it's all about framing your financial goals within the larger picture of your life versus taking one off advice here and there and everywhere. Right. Because that could work for someone with a different picture. I would say taking $50,000 out now when you're retiring in 10 years um, or five years is, is a stickier situation to be in. Right, so so I like that. So, so the answer for one person wouldn't necessarily be the same answer for a different person. And I think Somebody that's true for most things financial, yes. Right, because if you, if you have a young family with young children, your considerations are going to be different from if you're an older couple where your kids are already left um, or you have no children as yet. Uh, so that is why I guess there's only so much we can cover in one hour. Uh, and so I encourage folks to to go go to podcast, start there. Pondy looks will not give you all the answers, but it's a place to start because the, the objective is to get is to get folks to start to think about their money differently. So the example that you gave with the HSA, for example, 
The money is already probably going into an HSA, a health savings account. But um, like, for example, I have money in an HSA and I use it to pay medical bills. Um, and you're saying not so fast. You should consider the fact that you could invest that money and let it grow tax-free um, instead of just spending it. So after the analysis, I may decide that the best thing is still to spend it, but at least I give myself the opportunity to take advantage of an opportunity that may exist. And I, and I guess that is what you're saying. Just be more deliberate with what we do and how we think about money. Yes. Now, yeah. so the parents that, the, the folks that they have on here, uh, the parents, aunts, uncles, whatever, how would you talk to them about talking to younger folks um, as they're growing up so that we can change that paradigm where you get to where you start to work and you realize that there are other people who know, who know so much more, more so conversant with, with money? What, 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 what would you say to them? I would encourage us to just have the conversation. I think very often when money's talked about, we move kids out of the room, right? And of course, there may be sensitive topics that you don't want to address with your kids if you're having money issues, if you know, you're about to experience foreclosure. Maybe there are things you want to shield your children from as far as it comes to money. But then there are other conversations that they can be present for. Um, talk to your children about retirement accounts, whether you have one, whether you're thinking about one. It shouldn't be that the first time they hear the word 401k is when they're starting their first job, right? If and, and I think it's tough because sometimes we don't even know the answers. So how do I even have that conversation with a child? But uh, be open to learning it with your child, right? Like they're asking questions. They'll probably ask questions. What does it look like for you to pull up the computer or look it up or have them look it up and you have a discussion about it and start to figure it out? I think a big part of it is starting to have these conversations. I think we can have these dinner table conversations. What percent of your paycheck are you saving? What percent of your paycheck should you strive to be saving beyond saving? How are you thinking about investing? Have you ever invested? Um, where do you even invest, right? Like, where do I go to buy a stock? <laughs> um, and if you don't know, look it up. I think kids are curious um, and they might want to look it up. And there are a lot of children now who are starting to get into this investment game. Um, you can even give your kids $20 to start with to invest in something, to buy one stock. So they can kind of start learning how the stock market works, how it moves. It doesn't have to be a huge amount. Um, they're $5 stock. I'm not saying they perform super well. Some of them might, but just so that children can start getting exposure to those things because they're going to need to be more exposed than um, their parents were and like than your parents were, especially with things like social security being at risk. Um, they're going to need to know a little more. So if, if I'm you know, a regular person, what's the average income in the United States is somewhere around what, $40,000, $50,000. Um, and, and, and of course, we know a lot of things are becoming more expensive. And somebody might be thinking that I can barely make it to the next payday. Um, what are you telling me about um, investing? 
Let us stick to that a little bit. Do yeah. we have to wait until we have a certain amount to invest? How do we get started? That kind of thing. So it depends on how you want to invest, right? There are brokerage accounts, and this is where you start hearing things like Fidelity and Vanguard, who require um, a base level amount to start, right? So some of them may require $2,300. I think that's the lowest I've seen. But then there are other platforms um, like TD Ameritrade and Robinhood that don't have a minimum requirement. Now, and that doesn't mean you have to buy individual stocks. Um, you can, but there are other things as well. There are things called ETFs, which are groups of stocks. They're kind of like an index fund, though not exactly the same, but you're buying into a pool of stock and you can do that with less money, right? They don't require this minimum investment. Um, so while it might seem like you need thousands and thousands of dollars to start, part of the process is also learning and it might be worth it to say, I have $20 that this month I can play with a little, just so you can start seeing what the market does, how it works. Um, and there are platforms to, to do that. And again, I will say things like Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, um, Something I want to cash mention app, is Cash App, I think, allows you to Cash App, exactly. And a good place to look for those kinds of recommendations is Nerd Wallet. Um, if you're looking for like a high yield savings account, Nerd Wallet is a good place to look. They have pretty good lists of the best brokerage accounts and what they require. Like they'll tell you this one requires a minimum investment, this one does not. So nerdwallet.com, or you can type into Google Nerd Wallet and whatever you're looking for. So Nerd Wallet and brokerage accounts nerd wallet and high yield savings accounts. And they have pretty good breakdowns and lists that you can, a place to start from um, to begin that investment journey. So nerd wallet is like nerd, like in somebody, you know, like very geeky. studious and smart. Yeah. Nerd, N-E-R-D, nerdwallet.com. Check it out. You you can go there, get your search. They, they compare different providers, I think, and, and help you to, to navigate through that. So, folks, this is what this series is about. It's about an education in finances. Not necessarily that we know more than you, and therefore we have stuff to teach you. It's more, um, we should be thinking about this. We should take this into account. And, and just by merely thinking about it, we, we, we find out that we have more that we can do than, 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 we, than we realize. Uh, one of the podcasts I know that you've done is on budgeting. Um, not necessarily budgeting in a straightforward way. Do you want to like just whet this into the appetite a little bit and like what you had to say about that? So, you know, I've said I like thinking about money. I like talking about money. I have never kept a budget, right? Like I've never kept a line by line, like line item budget. And that's something I've always like strived to do, but I've never been someone that loved the idea of tracking every expense. Um, so what I did was I started to research different types of budgets and there are quite a few different ones, right? So in this episode, I went through three different types of budgets and then um, I talked about which one spoke the most to me and what type of budget I was going to be attempting. And I think it's so good because it just tells us that the traditional way of balancing a checkbook, while that is good and the people that it works for, they should absolutely keep doing that. It's not the only way to track 
your money. It's not the only way to keep track of your investments, right? Um, there are other ways in which people are thinking about money um, and setting money aside for needs and wants. And um, there are different ways to go about this budgeting thing. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, when I spend $3.99 on five apples, I have to type that in somewhere. It doesn't have to be that way. And I was pretty happy to hear that because I absolutely do not want to track when I spend $3.99 on my apples. So, yeah. So you suggest doing what? So for me, mm -hmm. well, and I think monthly is great. For me, what I landed on was doing a um, a goal-based budget. So where I pay my goals first. Every year I set a financial goal and I break it down. I divide it by 12. So I know what I need to do each month to reach that goal. And the budget that I decided on was where I allocate money to my goals first. I pay my goals and then I pay everything else. Um, and that doesn't require me to track dollars and cents. But what I do know for a fact is that by the end of the year, I will have reached my financial goal for that year. So, so that is that is that is good because um, one of the things that I, I spoke about is making a plan. And you say make a plan, and then make it into an actionable plan. So, yeah. so if if you say you want to reduce your credit card debt by $5,000 this year, then you know, okay, every month you kind of have to pay this $500, $600 a month. Yeah. And, and so you can keep track of it like that. If you, uh, And so in terms of thinking about our money, uh, when we first, when you started the program earlier, you spoke a lot about taxes. And, and when we read um, magazines or we listen to programs about affluent people or, or, or we, we always hear the question of taxes and so would it be correct to say that one of the areas that can yield the most benefit if we have to learn about our finances is to really educate ourselves about taxes and how we can minimize the taxes that we pay and I would say that in part, I think one of the ways we can make a big difference is to really educate ourselves in taxes. So in the way that the health savings account is a triple tax benefit. And if we can, we should be taking advantage of that. Um, so all of the ways, because because depending on your income, taxes can take a pretty big chunk out of that. Right. Um, so if there are ways in which you can save on taxes that is helpful now i do believe that there's a purpose for taxes right like we live in a society with roads and um highways and all kinds of things that taxes fund so in no way am i saying that we should be paying zero taxes there is a reason we pay taxes um but how do we maximize our income while also serving our society right like how do we do both how do i make sure that I am being the most efficient with my money while also contributing to society um, through taxes. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we are paying a higher tax rate than, you know, the millionaires and the Donald Trumps of the world, right? They obviously know something that we don't know. And again, I'm not saying we should do what Donald Trump does because um, taxes have a purpose, but how do we most efficiently um, do both, right? Make sure we're maximizing our income and providing to our society. So in other words, try to understand how we can make sure that we're not paying more than right. our fair share. Exactly. Okay. All right. 
we pretty much at the end of the hour, I'm going to ask you the final question, and then in answering, you can you can mention anything that I may not have asked you. Um, so none of us have unlimited resources, right. especially when it comes to money. And in life, it never happens where everything is just perfect. All of our bills are paid. We all cut up on our whatever. And now we can say, okay, good. I have some surplus money I can invest. There always has to be some tension between foregoing something so that you can participate in something else. How do you, how do you, what is your thought process as you, you think about those things? As to in terms of how do I allocate my, my money so that I, I have a certain type of life currently and balance that off with how do I ensure that 10 years or 20 years from now, I still don't have to do the amount of work that I'm doing now to be able to to, to invest in for that purpose. Right. One of the purposes and so on. So I guess you understand what I'm asking. What, I do. How do we deal with that tension between current needs that we have now and, 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 and some kind of sacrifice to make sure that there's something we need for the future? Yeah. So I think that money is a renewable resource, right? I like to think about money as something that we can spend with knowledge that we can make it back. And I don't think that means be wasteful, right? I think it means being a good steward of your resources. Um, so if, you, if you're able, if you're not in the place where you have to like struggle over every dollar spent, then don't do that, right? Like if you are able to buy the things that you need without, you know, staying awake at night thinking about it, that's useful. And I think thinking about money as a renewable resource has allowed me to do that, right? I said I went to law school and that required student loans. Now, no one wants student loans, but do I forego my dream, my forever dream of becoming an attorney just to avoid student loans? No, I set myself up so that I'm able, hopefully, to pay off those student loans after law school because money is a renewable resource. The hope is that we can make it back. And it means planning your life in such a way or attempting to plan your life in such a way that you can renew the resource. Um, and I think we don't talk enough about making more money, um, especially for young women, especially for young Black women. Um, we have to have the discussion around maximizing income. Um, we are grossly underpaid. And a big part of how we change our financial situations is by being paid more, right? Like the federal minimum wage is $7.25. And if you make $7.25 an hour, that's really hard to live on. And so thinking about how you can maximize your income um, is really good. And sometimes going to law school, right? Like sometimes taking on the student loan um, is what required is what allows you to be put in the position that money can become such a renewable resource in your life. Um, so I want to say, think about maximizing income. Think about how you can make money a renewable resource in your life. How can it be that when I spend it, I can I can see a path to making it back? And then also prioritizing. I love to travel, and that's not something I'm really willing to sacrifice in my life. I'm not willing to stay put just so that I can save all of my money. Um, while I'm young and my bones still work, I very much want to travel. So for me, I've decided, I've made the conscious choice that that is something I'm willing to spend money on. But that means like, 
I love shoes. Um, and sometimes I see shoes and I'm like, well, how many plane tickets is that? Or like, if I buy these two pairs, that's a one-way ticket somewhere. So I like travel more and I sometimes will sacrifice the shoes so that I can travel. And it's about making those sort of conscious choices about what's most important in your life so that you can both like live out this life and also have the income that you need to do it well. So I know you, so your comparison is travel and shoes. A, a, a mother's travel might be an extra toy for your kid because they really want it yeah. or go on summer vacation or, or invest in a 529. That's when you, next time you come back, we, we will talk about some of those specific areas, yeah. money for college, which is like a 529 yeah. and all of those kind of um, other vehicles towards wealth. But in the meantime, listeners, I encourage you to, to go to Spondulix podcast. Um, there's a lot of information there. And as I said, the objective is not necessarily to tell you what to do because as Courtney says, she's on a journey to learn herself. But the the idea is um, to get you to think about money maybe in a different way from how we just, um, I don't know, spontaneously, instinctively, reactively think about it, yeah. um, be more deliberate. So Courtney, I, I think um, we had an excellent conversation uh, judging from the comments that we've been getting. Uh, so I want to thank you so much. As I said, I I I would I going to invite you back um, on multiple occasions so we can keep that conversation and that awareness going. So thank you so much for being my guest tonight on this weekend interview. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Thank you. And this is the day you have it, the first episode in our financial education series. Um, our, our concept is to make you comfortable talking about money get you into the habit of thinking about money being deliberate, not being a knee-jerk reaction where the only thing you do is to save um, and try to build that bank account as, as, as huge as you can bring it. But maybe your, your money can grow a little faster if you do some creative and some innovative things with it. Look out for, for the next um, episode of um, of of this weekend interview of our financial education series on Sunday coming is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to everyone who, who uh actual mother or surrogate mother or auntie or adopted mother. Happy Mother's Day to you. Um I think it's also um nurses week, I think, the nurses day. So so all the nurses, don't kill me for not knowing exactly what it is, but um you know, enjoy enjoy the time that's allocated for you. Um, I also have a couple of kids who have birthdays in May, so happy birthday as well. Graduations coming up, so if you're graduating in the month of May, um, there's so much going on. There's so much going on. So, listeners, thank you for tuning in. And um, I am on, I am on FYI Fridays with Sam. Um, Sam does FYI Fridays between ten and twelve. Um, and I join him towards the end of the show where we just we, we talk about stuff. I get to vent, I get to talk politics um, and other type of type of topics that I enjoy. So join us for that, FYI Friday. Um, we, we're looking to really um, make TDN Radio be the place where you can come to get all your entertainment as well as your information. So good night.